0: Hi, I'm Mark Schroeder, and welcome to my podcast. I'm a Christian who's convinced that the Bible is true and actually is the best way to get to know God, the one who has saved us in Jesus. This podcast is a collection of Bible bits and pieces, Bible talks that I've given in all kinds of contexts. You see, I'm an ordained Anglican minister working in Sydney, Australia, as a college chaplain. My main role is to teach the Bible in a Peter 12 Anglican school. But also from time to time I preach in church, I speak at youth groups or I teach the Bible at other youth events. I hope that this podcast is a great way of you getting to know God a little bit better and helping you to figure out what it means to live for him because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. Welcome back everybody. Uh, this is another chapel talk on Philippians chapter 1, verses 19 to 26. Uh, this is um, it's a, well, one of the, I think, one of the most popular parts of Philippians where Paul says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now, I love this because it just reminds me that for Paul, the outlook is good either way. Uh, he's just got a win-win. If he goes on living, well then he gets to live for Jesus and proclaim the wonderful gospel. Uh, but if he is to die, well he gets to go on living with the Lord. Uh, and so uh, the encouragement is, um, for the students that I spoke to on this day, uh, was that they want to make Christ everything for them, just like Paul has made everything for him. Uh, because with Jesus, we've got a win-win, and that will equal great joy. Um, so that's what I go on to say, and a little bit more. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this next talk, and as always, feel free to get in touch with me, uh, either via a message on the Anchor app, uh, or via Twitter. Grab a seat. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Shout out to you, day today is uh hsc and andy as well hsc no it's just just you today and lachlan ah that's my lead that one Yeah, yeah yeah thanks that's all right just leave it there it's all right all right um what i want you to think about is this question what's the thing that pulls you through now you know what i mean by that when something's hard and maybe you've got reoccurring things that maybe stress you out or worry you or um, things are really hard and you go i just know that i can return to something and know that that thing's going to be there for me and help me get through a really difficult moment you know what i mean so what's the thing that pulls you through tell the person next to you i'd love to hear from you in a moment but first of all tell one another what is the thing that pulls you through in this life Okay, so um, what is it for you that pulls you through? Uh, I'm going to start over here at this side, and we might just come along this side of the group, the room. Yeah, right at the very end. Satisfaction of finishing. Just satisfaction, knowing that once I get this thing done, no matter how hard it is, I will be finished and it will be excellent. Great, thanks. Um, the outcome this of like homework, like when I'm done, it will be worthwhile. Yeah, good on you. That's very wholesome sort of... You know, motivation, fellas. I like that. So, just the satisfaction, the outcome. I'm going to get this done, and therefore, I will have completed this job, and it's going to be great. It's sort of like when you start to mow the lawn, and the lawn's really long, but you know that if you keep going in the end, the lawn's going to be beautifully cut and fresh, and it's going to have that cool, you know, that lovely lawn smell. Oh, I love that. Yes? how much pain you go through, that not by the end of it, you're going to hurt. Yeah, okay. So, it's going to make you stronger, maybe. Great. Um, yeah chocolate. chocolate who agrees chocolate just pulls you through it's there for you yeah somebody else what else yeah my Subaru Liberty your Subaru Liberty okay <laughs> so maybe your favorite things your possessions if I broaden that out a little bit like I'm not a Subaru man myself I drive a Toyota and a Suzuki um but you know I know what you mean right sometimes there's things that we just know I just I just like that and I mean when we think cars my mom and dad had a Ford once it didn't pull through for us much at all. Like, it broke down more often than not. Ho- hopeless. Fix or repair daily, right? Yep. Knowing Big Bird will always be there with you. Knowing that Big Bird will always be there with you. Maybe childhood <laughs> fantasies. Is that what we were saying about this? Childhood dreams? <laughs> okay. Uh, somebody else? What else is it that pulls you through? And if you think, maybe honestly, your family pulls you through. Maybe your, your mum, your dad, your grandparents. Uh, Maybe your uncle, your auntie, maybe your siblings, believe it or not. Is anyone like, I'm glad for my my brother and my sister? Maybe you've got a really good brother or sister, an older one, who just is there for you and you feel like they understand what you're going through because they've walked that road already. And so when everything comes crashing down, you can just go and cry with them or go and sit with them or break something. I mean, like let out your frustrations with them. Uh, It's good to have people that are there for you to pull you through those really hard times. Well, do you remember, we're reading a book at the moment called Philippians. Philippians is written by who? Not Philip. What's his name? Paul. Yeah, Paul. And Paul uh, was uh, a man who used to persecute Christians, and he went from persecuting Christians to then proclaiming that Jesus Christ is the Lord and helping other people become Christians. Now, as a result of that, Paul gets locked up in prison. He's in prison during a time of the rule of this great emperor called Emperor Nero. And by great, I mean powerful and mighty. He wasn't great as in a great, cool guy. Emperor Nero was so bad that from what I read in history, he actually killed his own mother. He convinced one of his most trusted advisors to take his own life. And as well as that, uh, he would kill Christians uh, for the joy of it, so it seems he would get them and put them in the arena uh, the gladiatorial arena and feed them to wild dogs and lions and so on and then one of the things that is quite uh, brutal is that he would set them on fire in his garden on poles so that he could entertain his guests at nighttime isn't that brutal what a guy what a guy and and, and paul he's in prison under the rule of emperor nero Now, at the point of this writing of his letter, he's probably actually thinking about, I'm going to come up to to Emperor Nero soon and I need to argue my case for why I can can either go free or actually I'm I'm just going to come to the point where I realise I'm going to die. And so Paul's writing this letter to a group of Christians while that's all happening in the back of his mind. That's a pretty big hardship, don't you think? When you think about your hardships, when I think about my hardships, I think, sure, <clears throat> I've got some pretty hard things that happen from time to time. But in comparison to Paul in this moment, I've never had to face standing before the ruler or the emperor of the time with my, when my life is on the line. And so for Paul, it's surprising then that he would write to these people in Philippians and his main subject and his main topic is all about, do you remember? It's all about joy. How is it that he can write it like this? Well, the reason is it's all about Jesus. And for Paul, the thing that pulls him through, the thing that's always there for him, no matter what, is Jesus. He knows that Jesus is there for him all the time. He knows what Jesus has done for him, that Jesus has come and he's died and he's risen again so that Paul now has life in this world today, but he also knows that one day in the future, he's got wonderful hope again, that things are going to be way better than what they are even in the best days. And so Paul writes to the Philippians all about joy. And this is how he continues in this letter. In verse 21 of chapter one, he says, For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Do you see here for Paul, that first little part in the bold I've, I've highlighted there in verse 21. What does he say? To live is Christ and to die is gain. What does that mean? Paul is saying that when he lives here in this world, while he's alive, he gets to live for Jesus. That's his number one priority. And he's like, this is the best. The best thing about my life today, says Paul, is that I get to live for Jesus. But actually, if I'm to die, writes Paul, well, that means gain as well. Because if I'm to die because of Jesus, it means I've got eternal life with God, my king and my master forever and ever. You see, what Paul's communicating here is a win-win. You know what I mean when I talk about a win-win? Hand up if you know what I mean when I talk about a win-win. It means there's no losing situation here. Every, the outlook is good either way, no matter what happens. And, and the first thing that came to my mind as I thought about a win-win is when I go to a wedding um, with my wife and we're guests at the reception. And, and when you're at a reception, head up if you've been to a reception before for a wedding, um, you get the alternate meals come out. So you don't, not everyone just doesn't get to choose whatever you want unless it's a really fancy and expensive wedding. But more often than not, you go to a wedding and you get one of two options that comes around, but you don't even get to choose that, do you? The the waitress or the waiter comes around and they say, uh, person A, you get meal A. Person B, you get meal B. And then the next person, you get meal A. And the next person, meal B, and so on and so on and so on. All the way around the table. When I was a single man, it was like, you get what you get. You don't get upset. There's no swapping. That's it. But then all of a sudden, when I fell in love, oh, mate the options. I've got another option here. This is a win-win. And so when it came to dessert, dessert would come around. I'm like, I really like the chocolate muffin with the cheesecake swirl on the raspberries on top. That looks really good. But I also really like the chocolate brownie. Oh, I don't, oh, I'm so disappointed. But actually, now that I'm married, my wife and I have a deal. And the deal is half-half. Win-win, right? We cut it straight down the middle and then we, we eat our half and I look at her and she looks at me. I'm like, you're done? She's like, I'm done. Are you done? I'm like, great. And then we swap our plates and then we, we eat the other half of dessert. It's fantastic. People are on the other side of the table going, oh, it's not fair. I didn't get the cheesecake top muffin. I'm like, I've got everything. And that's what Paul's saying here, right, in this part of the Bible. He's like, for me to live is Christ and to die is game. It's a win-win, baby. Do you get it? See, when you're with Jesus, you've got reason for great joy because no matter what happens, you're with Jesus. But the thing is, look at the red text up on the screen. Even though he knows it's a win win, he's still torn with the decision that he's got to make. He actually says there, Yet what will I choose? I don't know. I am torn. Have you ever been torn with what to do? With what to choose? Paul's faced with two great options. To go on living for Jesus today or actually to go on living with Jesus in the future forever? What am I going to do, he says? Because he says, I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is better by far. But actually, he says in verse 24, it is more necessary for you, Philippians, that I remain in the body. Paul knows as he comes to make this decision that it's more important for him to stay living in this world, to go on Sorry, Um, to go on living in this world no matter what happens for the benefit of others around him. He wants to live in servant with a servant attitude for his friends living in Philippi. And so, therefore, he goes on living for Jesus, not worrying about what the day holds, remembering that he's with Jesus no matter what. Now, as I think about that. I can't help but think about this world that I live in and think about the things that come across my path that I tend to worry about. Who finds themselves worrying, like in all honesty, that you find yourself worrying about this life and this world? Hand up if you find yourself worrying from time to time. It's a natural thing. And actually, the more that we watch television and read the news and listen to the radio or um, scroll through our Facebook and our Instagram feeds, the more we see people whinging and complaining and worrying about things like the environment, about families, about health, about well-being, and so on and so on and so on. And we find ourselves anxious and stressed and just confused about what is going on. And I don't know what is best. But this passage says, if you're with Jesus, you're faced with a win-win. Doesn't it? And so if you're with Jesus, do not worry. This reminds me of what Jesus says in the Gospels. Jesus says, look at the birds. In fact, look at the dirty little sparrows. You guys know about dirty little sparrows? Sometimes you go to the city and and you walk past a bin and then all of a sudden, like out of the bin flies two or three festy sparrows. And you go, that's gross. Those birds are disgusting. But the thing is, those birds... They're alive, aren't they? They've got food to eat. Jesus says, look at the sparrows. They don't work hard, but yet they've still got food. And then he also says, look at the fields. Look at the fields which are grassy, but then all of a sudden, as spring comes along, they're clothed with beautiful flowers. The lilies of the field grow up, and look how beautiful the field is now. Well, Jesus says... As you look at the sparrows and you look at the fields and you see how God cares for them, remember just how much more precious you are to God than sparrows and a field. Because what has God done for you? God has so loved you that he has sent Jesus for you. So do not worry about your life, about what you will eat, about what you will drink, about what you will wear, but seek first God and his kingdom. Ladies and gents, if you're with Jesus, you're faced with a win-win situation. A win-win situation where you get to live in this life today, serving one another, like Paul does in verse 25. He's so convinced that he's got a win-win that as he lives today in this body, he will remain and continue for the progress of the Philippians and their joy and faith. So that by him staying with them, they would boast in Jesus. But then also he knows that after this life is done, He's got something wonderful to live on for. So today, as you sit here in these red chairs in this hall, as you think about finishing off this week, looking ahead to your weekend, maybe as you look down the barrel of the rest of the year and you feel a little bit of a pang of nervousness knowing that you've got some assessments, maybe you've got some stressful things that are happening at home, I want you today to consider Jesus. Are you with Jesus? Because, like Paul, you ought to make him your everything. Because that's the thing for Paul Christ is his everything. And it gives him great joy. And that can be you too. You're going to have great joy in Jesus if you make him your everything. And that's going to help you to endure in this life when things are hard. So, as you think about what it is that pulls you through, sure, it might be chocolate. It might be your Subaru Liberty. It might be Big Bird. It might be pizza. It could be just the satisfaction of getting the job done. Those things are great and they give you those little boosts and those, it's like a Red Bull, isn't it? Like sometimes you slam those things that help you get things done. But actually the thing that helps you endure to the end is Jesus. So get him. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the wonderful news of Jesus, our God and our King and the one who has saved us. Lord, I pray today that you would help us to remember what Jesus has done for us. And help us to put our hope in him. Lord, as we put our hope in Jesus, help us not to worry. Help us to remember that you love us and you care for us and you give us all the things that we need. Help us to endure in this life, knowing that you love us. I help these students today to have a really good day. Help them to work hard in their study. Help them to be wise in their relationships with one another and with others. I help them to do the very best that they can do. Uh, and Lord, I pray most of all that you'd help them to consider Jesus this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. Uh, House tutors, are there any announcements that you need to pass on to these people today? Nothing. All right. Can you make sure that as you leave today uh, that you take everything? If you've bumped the chair and it's a bit crooked, I know there's already a bit crooked over there, but if we can leave this side nice and tidy, that will help out a lot. Uh, And then the bell, I think, is just about to go anyhow, so uh, you might as well start heading off um, to your next period. listening to my podcast uh, I hope that was an encouraging opportunity for you to learn something more from God's word about how he has loved us and how he has saved us and who he calls us to be in Jesus. Feel free to get in contact with me via Twitter at MRK underscore Schroeder